can travel anywhere in time and space. And it's mine. Please. Look at this. Go on, say. Most people do. on the outside. Hey, what's up and welcome back to Smaller on the Outside or as I would like to call it, Sotocast. The first, the best, and the only Doctor Who podcast that you just can't miss. My name is Dave and I'll be the Time Lord with you this evening and with me as always is... Andy. Who is the companion. Yes, if this is the first time listening to Smaller on the Outside, we are a television podcast where we talk about a different show per podcast season, usually Doctor Who. But you never know. Definitely um, Doctor Who. Def- definitely Doctor Who. <laughs> um, so, this season, if you are also just tra- tuning in, we're, we're doing a complete rewatch of uh, Doctor Who. Uh, New Who, if you would rather call it that. First ten um, seasons. Yep. And uh, this episode, we're talking about season five, which is the start of the Matt Smith years. Um, so if you are unsure where to start, this is one of the better ones to start if you're one of those weird people that likes to start shows (laughs) mid-seasons. Well, mid, yeah, mid-series. Mid-series. Yeah, it's still still not optimal because there's some some details around, uh, River Song and some, some later stuff too, uh, with the, with the Master that, uh, that if you miss those things, it doesn't quite... Makes sense. This is all true, but there is specific changes. But they do, in yeah, quality. they do sort of, sort of do a soft reboot here, where they don't basically they don't mention any of the previous companions. They do uh, on the uh, uh, in the what was it the third episode or something? Do do sort of reference um, previous encounters with the Daleks, but they don't directly yeah. explain why she should remember that. Just that she should. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, the main things that I noticed was that the quality is better. Yeah, the production um, quality. It's, is... it, it's not. It's not only going from SD to HD. Uh, from my, you know, well, that started, that perspective. Started right. It's not even that. It's also the way it was done. Yeah, production design and is much better. Yes, it, 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 it's more of an explosive series, and also the That's first time that, that I watched, I think is kind of unique to Matt Smith in a way. I, I think Peter Capaldi's uh, Doctor was actually a slight step back from the production quality of Matt Smith's years. Actually, yeah, actually, I, I, I would say that. Matt Smith up to the end of it, so maybe actually more unique to uh, Amy and Rory's time with the Doctor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> after yeah. after, uh, after uh, Amy left. There's there was bits and pieces here that were strong, but like a lot of the Clara stuff wasn't quite as uh, high production quality, and a lot of the Peter Capaldi okay. stuff too. No, yeah, but overall, I still think even when it comes to Peter Capaldi, like when you take those and right. you base yeah, base them off of David Tennant, there is a, a pretty clear difference, in my opinion. Um, now, when I first watched Doctor Who in general. I didn't even understand or uh, whatever how you know internally upset I was that David Tennant left and here's Matt Smith because you know 
in general, is like, this guy looks weird, he sounds weird, he acts weird, he dresses weird, he's it's all around weird. Um, and that took away from the coolness factor that was David Tennant. You know, and uh, rewatching this, uh, I... You know, I eventually warmed up to Matt Smith, but it wasn't this season initially. When really? I watched it this time, though, right? When I watched it this time, that changed because yeah. I was like, I was, I was yeah, the same is, on rewatch um, too. This is pretty solid season, actually. Yeah, it's, it's actually a really um, strong first episode for uh, for the Doctor. He he does start off a little weird, and he's he's actually he's wearing uh, David Tennant's outfit part part, part of his outfit for. Most of the episode too, so that maybe, maybe um, that was part of what. Wait, who's this guy still wearing David Tennant? <laughs> wow, that's yeah. Uh, so, in general, just for the entire season, it's written very, very well. It's complete. It's solid. Uh, you know, I would say whole... this is probably the best written season. As a, as a whole, yeah, as a whole, probably right? Because it's like the first episode introduces the crack. Yeah. The last episode closes the crack initially, uh, and it's it's just one big story, yeah. which is not normally what you see with Doctor Who, which I and I like. the reason I think that it feels more cohesive as a season, is I think they filmed all of the episodes before they even aired the first one, um, which is rare. They usually maybe film about half the episodes before they start airing, um, because when you watch the preview, if you watch the preview. The first episode, it usually only includes maybe the first half of the season. This time it included uh, scenes from just about every episode in the season. Right. So, moving on to the actual season, the first episode is called The Eleventh Hour. Um, it's the first episode with Matt Smith and introduced, introduced Karen. Or not Karen. <laughs> Amy. Amy. Who's Karen? Her actor. Oh, right, right. Got it. How did I mix that up? Um, Karen Gillan. Yes. Amy. Uh, as the companion. And she's one of the best companions, in my opinion. Oh, best. Um, some people consider her annoying. Uh, I would say some of the stuff that happens uh, between her and the Doctor in the fifth season is a little annoying. Like, you know, especially if you like Rory. <laughs> yeah. I like – it's not that I like Rory. I do like them as a team. Yeah. I, I think they work well as a team, and I haven't seen a lot of the TARDIS, but they're probably my favorite. Mm -hmm. Like, Nardal was an annoying ball man. Uh, so, anyways, first episode is Amy. It's also when you find the crack in her wall, and it's all about perception. Girl who waited, beginning of that. And a lot of this, like I said, a lot of this theme, there was so much of that. Oh, this yeah? Season, uh, it wasn't all connected. But the use, um, and this door in or her house. Yeah, the other door that she never noticed. Uh, and was it find out? She no, that was the that was the Dalek one. The Dalek one. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the victory of the Daleks, I believe it was called. Okay. Uh, well, she this season kind of introduced her almost as an impossible girl too, because they. Think, that's like, sort of a yeah. That's sort of a theme that um that that Stephen Moffat likes like that sort of started with the girl in the fireplace she was also sort of an impossible girl oh yeah yes uh, and then impossible and then you have girl. river impossible. river is sort of an impossible girl as well so yeah said, impossible amy yeah. 
definitely a theme that Stephen Moffat likes. <laughs> well, okay, so as far as uh, track TV score, that says 87%. If I were to rate it, let's see. I mean, people would obviously be good. You got the first view of the new companion, New Doctor, um, and in general. So the writing basically is how memorable it is, and I'd say the first pretty darn memorable. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm not a huge fan of the, like the floating eyeball bad guy or whatever. Yeah, I don't think that was very super important, but I think the way the Doctor handled that that uh, thing was, was pretty good. You, you got the first the epic speech right away. Yep. Yeah. That, yeah. So, as far Which as is definitely something alone, Matt Smith is known for. <laughs> um, automatically better visuals than what you do. Mm -hmm. And I think entertainment's up there. Yeah. As an, uh, that would I would probably... I, I was close... To, I, I would say close to a 10. I, I'd probably go for, for 9. 9 probably yeah. makes sense. I'm not sure where I would deduct it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have no... Maybe, say, 1 for people fall. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's it. But everything else works. Second episode in Sim 5 is called Beast. Also now, Stephen Moffat episode. Written by Stephen Moffat? Yes. Okay. Uh, Stardate 295. <laughs> Wrong show. Uh, so Amy takes it from the TARDIS and... This, it's the spaceship uh, UK and it's uh, where they're torturing the, the space whale to, to make sure their ship keeps running. I didn't care about it the first time around. I think the second time I watched it, I, I liked it a little bit better. It's still not, uh, you know, super memorable. It's not super memorable. But I do like the the quote where uh, Amy explains what she's doing. She's, you stop torturing the pilot, <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay, so I didn't. Um, it was Bloody queen, mate. I don't think anyone was bad. Uh, writing. I don't think it's memorable like that. Behind this is normal. Oh, I would give more than a zero. Entertainment is what's that? I would give more than a zero for writing. I, I do think I, I think there's there's a good uh, message in it. Okay, fine, I'll give that half. But that would boost it up to a whole whopping six out of ten points. Does that sound about right to you? Uh on my first viewing I think I probably would have done something like that. I think on second it'd probably be a seven or an eight for me. According to the track, it's 82%. Okay. I don't know. A lot of people who are watching it by season five uh, are just big fans anyway, so I, I don't know how to handle the ratings on there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> how, I, I, I'm not used to looking at theirs, so I don't know. Um, next episode, episode three is Victory of the Docks. This is the episode that we kind of learned that uh, Amy has no recollection of what the Daleks are when she should have, when everybody on Earth should have because of the time when the Earth was moved by the Daleks, right. and everybody saw Daleks going around killing people. Yeah, he doesn't specifically uh, discuss that, but as an audience member, you should know that's what he's talking about. So if this was a fresh start this season, you'd have no idea what he's talking about either. Right. You would just know you that there have... should be some knowledge of Daleks, basically. And because of that, it's more like a crack in your wall if, if you don't know. <laughs> yeah, a crack in the audience's wall. <laughs> right. Um, so this is taking a place in world war ii winston churchill's around apparently big buddy with uh the doctor right and uh it turns out they found a secret weapon defeat the nazis and that is the alien nazis themselves the daleks apparently they created the daleks really but then 
Um, the guy who created the Daleks was actually created by the Daleks because he himself is a robot. <laughs> um, slash. I have on my wall behind I me, I have a uh, blueprint poster of the uh, Iron the Ironside units. Yeah. Bracewell, Iron, Bracewell's Ironside, Ironsides, yeah. yeah. I have a blueprint poster of, of, from this episode. <laughs> now, I'm trying to remember. They were acting like they were soldiers in order to find the Doctor. Yeah, basically, it's kind of, it doesn't make much sense, but basically their plan was that eventually the Doctor would, would they would lure in the Doctor. I, I don't know if they, maybe, maybe they knew that, uh, that Churchill knew the doctor. I don't know, but uh, but that that the doctor would come, and that because they cannot, uh, I guess they're too different from the original Daleks that the uh, that pod thing didn't recognize them, so they needed a uh, a statement from the doctor to prove it. And then they started off. Then that's when we kind of see the colorful uh, Power Ranger Daleks. The Power Ranger Daleks. Yep. <laughs> People hated these. Really? <laughs> yeah, they got, they got rid of them by season seven, I believe. But, but yeah. Uh, this one, I would, I don't know. I'd see their score seven or eight. Um, this one's a weak one for me. I, I, I don't, I don't care too much. It's a, it's another Mark Gatiss written episode. He's, they're always kind of underwhelming for me. And Mark Gatiss was in this episode, right? Yes, he's um, the pilot dude that flies in the bub, the uh, air his bubble. Name? His name was like Tommy or. Johnny or uh, his name John John or <laughs> um, Timmy I don't know uh, it's not listed in the cast for some reason that's weird but yeah he was but he's in there he's the fighter pilot that's flying, yeah. fr- flying around taking orders from the doctor and the ship um, and uh, so that's basically that episode I probably would say seven for this one and uh, the main reason for that is because I like the people score I gave high score for because, you know, good enemy, uh, good, you know, mention of Churchill and, and all that. Uh, the writing was less more weak for me because I remembered some of it, but most of it I really didn't. Um, the behind the scenes is normal. Nervark's okay. Entertainment's half. Yeah. Like, it would be like a 7. 7 out of 10 for me. Okay. Um, the next one up is called The Time of the Angels. This is the next time we see the angels. Angels are, like, one of my favorites. For... Uh, two-parter with Flesh and Stone. Flesh and Stone is the second part, yeah. Angels are one of my favorite villains this, in, in the show, I but I haven't seen them, you know, I, I in a long time. When I, uh, when I was watching the making of, they said Matt Smith auditioned with the fourth episode script, which would be this one. So this, uh... This script was probably written uh, when they didn't know who the Doctor would be yet. Yeah. Possibly with David Tennant in mind as well. <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, I'm sure you know. I'm sure they made modifications once Matt Smith was cast, but uh, this is what he read, and this is what got him the part. This episode. Which is interesting because some of his lines are like David Tennant's lines. He says he even says, you know, don't blink, don't even blink. You know, like yeah. exactly the same thing. Yeah. Um, now this is kind of adds to the story of the angels. You got a couple of things here and there. How an image of an angel is an angel. Right. How uh, Angel Bob 
the voice, <laughs> how they stole, how they can steal voices. So in this kind of episode, you kind of get the idea that you can't see them move or do anything like that, but you can't hear them. I believe the Angel Bob thing was more of a sort of a continuation of what happened in the library, sort of that uh, that voice chip thing. Yeah. Wasn't it? Something like that? It was something very similar. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember exactly how it worked, but I thought it was something like that. So, I mean, that was... It was almost like a sequel to Silence in the Library because of River. Yeah. <laughs> and then a, a sequel to the Don't Blink episodes. Right. So, also, uh, uh, if you remember the Silence in the Library, the, one of the things River mentioned from her diary was the crash of the Byzantium, which is this. Yes, she did say that. Yeah. Have we done um, the crash of the Byzantium yet? Which, now, which doesn't make sense to me, but I guess River doesn't know what order the Doctors come in. Right, and it's just more of that fun stuff with her yeah. um, flying out of a, you know, a hole in the spaceship or whatever. <laughs> in the beginning, anyways. That was pretty cool. I like that. I think the first time she said hello, sweetie. She said it in the other one. In library. Did she really? Yeah, she said it in the library. Oh, I didn't <laughs> notice it. Um. Anyways, I think this is a good one. Both both parts are pretty good. Um, the second part has the countdown for Amy, and then you get to learn more about the crack in the wall, about how it affects her memory. Um, and it also has when Matt Smith visits her in the future as well. Yeah, and that's it. That's that's. If you're paying attention to the episode, you might like even in the first time viewing, you might catch. That the doctor gets his uh, jacket taken by the angels, and then when he comes to, you know, talk to Amy while her eyes are closed, he's got his jacket on. Right, so, and he, it's a close-up of everything, yeah. but so you if you're paying attention, it, you can see it. If you're paying attention, you'll notice that, and you might notice that even before, you know, on the first first viewing. So, but that, I wonder if they went back and filmed that, you know, while they were filming the finale, or if they all, always knew that that was going to be in the finale to begin with. Since the since the, pr- the first episode had previews to every episode, I think it's possible they may have gone back and filmed it. But either way, it, it makes the season feel very uh, well-written. The way it's In done. general, I think this is a very good two-parter. I mean, when it comes down to Don't Blink, I probably like Don't Blink better. Yeah. Um, but st- there's stuff about this episode that's also... Pretty interesting. Looking into the eye of the angel, seeing your hand turn to stone, but it's not really. Um, Some people don't like the shot where it shows uh, Amy with her eyes closed walking and the angels move around her. Some people, yeah, um, uh, people don't like that because uh, in in Blink, uh, the doctor said that they're only stone when you look at them. So technically, they shouldn't have been stone when her eyes were closed. But she was moving around like she can see, right? So they didn't right. know so, her eyes were closed. I guess they, that's also a thing. It doesn't really make any sense. But um, <laughs> That's a thing. But, uh, um, but also, so I, I, I didn't... kind of half in the state of, oh, can she see us or can she not? And so they don't know which, way, which one to be, I guess. The reason why I didn't like that is because they're angels to the audience as well. 
Oh, yeah. Like, they, they didn't move when people's backs were turned on them in other episodes because of that. So when you're seeing the angels during this time when they're actually moving as a stone, uh, it didn't really make sense according to that either. Um, so this two-parter, I don't know if I could get, really give it ten. Mm, probably I'd, not ten. I, I'd probably give it nine. Yeah, I'd probably be a nine. But it, it's pretty good. It, it was almost there. I uh, would say without that moment that links to the finale, it wouldn't maybe be as high for me. But uh, that really solidifies it for me. Now, one of these, those army guys, I think the main guy, the guy basically who was um, taking River, and the guy who, you know, the guy who was grabbed by one of the angels, that guy, um, he's he's one of the actors in uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. And obviously, I, I didn't watch Game of Thrones back then, <laughs> uh, when I first saw it, but now watching it back, I'm like, oh. Another, another interesting know? thing this episode uh, brings up. Basically, it, it makes it kind of obvious, uh, at least watching back, it makes it kind of obvious that River is is in jail because she killed the doctor. I mean, it seems kind of obvious that that's what she's talking about to me. I, I don't remember if I thought it was that obvious or not when I was watching it in the first place. It's because she killed a man, and then she said the greatest man right. that she ever well, knew. What could she be talking about? I mean... Seriously. Yeah, but and then, I mean, and then another interesting uh, bit is... When she teleports away at the end of the episode, she says she's going back to her prison cell, but I believe instead of that, she actually goes to the very end of season six uh, at the end of Wedding of River Song. She goes to Amy and Rory's house and uh, reassures them that the doctor is not infected. Really? Yeah. I, it's hard for me to tell sometimes where little, things are going. Screwy, but, but, but that's how it happens. I believe she says that she just came from the Byzantium in that episode. Okay. Yeah. Alright, so that was the next Angel episode. I still really like Angels. I wish they had more Angels in modern episodes, there but I haven't seen them in a long more, time. I believe there are two more um, occurrences of them in the modern series. And uh... Well, <laughs> I was going to say something, but it's a spoiler for another show that we don't really watch anymore. We watched a couple episodes of. What, class? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, you can cut this if you don't think it's good, but it's apparently uh, an angel showed up in class. No, well, I don't think anybody cared. Class was canceled. It was? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Because the yeah. Blu-ray did say... The complete first season, so I wasn't sure if there was going to be more. Usually, when it's a first season as a complete series, they're not going to say complete series, I don't think. I've seen that. Oh, well, at least. Have you? I've seen it with some stuff. Alright, so. Next episode, sixth episode of season five, is called The Vampires of Venice. Probably my least favorite episode of the season. Um. Like I said, all those episodes that has to deal with, like, classic monsters, I, I don't really care for. Right. Um, Werewolves and ghosts yeah. and uh, vampires and stuff. This one, um, um, the, the only real notable thing about this episode to me 
was the reference of the silence. Yes. Yeah. Oh, another thing um, we forgot. Oh, something I, I noticed uh, in the uh, angel story that I forgot to mention. Um, I believe it was the angel story. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning, they're at the uh, museum, right? Yep. And he says that this is the final resting place of the headless monks. Did you catch that? Mm. No, I didn't. Yeah, and that's, that's cool because the headless monks don't show up until season six as well. Just thought I'd mention that. Interesting. Um, so the Vampire of Venice really has to do with these people, like these women, that seem to be vampires, or that at least they're trying to be vampires, but they're really alien fish. Um, <laughs> and that's really the blunt of the story. Yeah. I mean, there's not much to it. Um, did you watch the? Uh, did you watch the the mini the deleted scene mini episode thing that happens before the episode? Nope. It has a it has a cool moment where Amy uh, has the TARDIS show her pictures of all the Doctor's previous companions and stuff. Oh. But it it kind of no. leads right into the uh, the whole uh, bachelor party thing that that the Doctor breaks into with with uh, Rory. Oh, okay. Well, no, I didn't. But yeah, the episode's not that. I mean, it's not bad. I don't think. But, uh, even the visuals are kind of weak. Yeah, it's weak. So if I were to say, let's see, people, I'd probably say zero. Uh, writing, I'd say probably one because I do remember it, but not much of it. Uh, visuals, when it turns into a big fish, I say no. Alright. Um, narrative arc. I'm sure that's fine. And entertainment, I'd say zero. That brings us down to three. Three out of ten. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty harsh. But, but it's true. I mean, I, I actually do like Matt Smith in this season. Uh, there are this season. episodes I, 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 I don't like more than this, so I, I, don't, I don't think I'd go that low for me. What, this season? No, no, just in general. In general. Okay. Uh, probably my least favorite of the season. Next. Uh, Amy's Choice. Now, this one's a good one. Uh, this is the Inception episode of uh, Doctor Who. It kind of well, deals not, with well, the... Well, not exactly. It's a, it's a dream and a dream. Two dreams. Within, within a dream? I don't know. <laughs> no. It's a dream in a, a real world, really, isn't it? No, it's two dreams. Uh, they think one's the real world. They're, right. they're tricked into thinking one's the real world. Uh, but there's actually two dreams and one reality. So does it really matter which one they chose? No, it doesn't. The, the idea was the dream lord was trying to get them trapped in either dream. Pick one of them and get trapped. Mm. But the doctor saw through it because he is the dream lord. <laughs> yes. Um, so this, what's the guy's? What's the actor's name? Um, that would be. One article. Who's the cast list? Um. For some reason, the TARDIS page, wiki page doesn't have a cast list for this one. <laughs> I can't think of the name outright, yeah. but he's like a bad guy and a bunch of stuff. 
was in uh, the most recent uh, season of Sherlock. Yeah. And he was in the Captain America movie. Um, he was in the Captain America. Was it one movie or was uh, he in multiple? Two. I don't think he was in the third. Oh, there, there's the cast. It's uh, Toby Jones. Toby Jones. Okay, yeah, there you go. He's the Dream Master or whatever yeah, his name Lord. is. Dream Lord. Dream Lord. When he says, uh, when he tries bringing in clues about who who the Dream Lord is, when you were first watching this, do you think he was suggesting that uh, he's actually the master? Yeah, like that. That's why I said Dream Master. Yeah. Um, because he does. Like, there's only one person that hates you this much. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, that line right there made me think that he's the master. I mean, that would. Uh, another be, interesting bit about this episode is they do mention the Doctor's name. Uh, uh, the Dream Lord says. Then what's his name? Yep. Yeah, yeah, because he says, you think the Doctor tells you all his secrets, and then she's like, yeah, of course, and then he's like, so what's his name? Right. Um, Proving that all right. Stephen Moffat's still having that story in his mind. All right. <laughs> yep. First, uh, the one dream has Amy pregnant. Rory has a uh, ponytail, <laughs> and uh, they they have life on the countryside, and it's supposed to take place way after they're Five no longer ago. companions. Yeah, after they're no longer companions with uh, the Doctor and. And no, they're not old people living in this house with angels. Um, uh, but <laughs> they do that. And then the other dream is that they're just basically in the TARDIS, and the TARDIS is dead, and it's getting sucked into like a sun or something. Cold sun. A cold sun. So they're trying to figure out which one's real because that's what they said it is and everything. And it's it's going off the idea that when you're dreaming, you can't really tell the difference of what's real and what's not and when you wake up you really feel like oh this is reality that was just a dream mm -hmm. and they kind of this played that off a bunch one, of right? times <laughs> yeah they say that a ton of times and both sides um just a fun episode i think for the most part it doesn't really matter it's, it's a standalone episode mm -hmm. uh but it is a fun one it does maybe foreshadow the pregnancy thing yeah I guess you could say that. I don't think they're really thinking of that. Probably but. not, but then it might have given them the idea for a season six. You know? I would say... Unless Stephen Moffat really had in his mind the whole time what that was about. I would say this is probably an eight for me. Okay. Um, on the things where I would say that it could have been better is probably in... Maybe in visuals. Uh, and when I say narrative arc, I mean in general for the, the season because it's a really good solid season that's all about one story and then you have this like random one where it's like you know not part of it mm. so I would probably need more of a, a seven myself yeah I don't know I just I always found this episode to be fun uh as Amy Choice next episode is the Hungry Earth. Now, I'm not really a huge fan of this two-parter. It's okay. Cold Blood. Uh, Hungry Earth and Cold Blood. I. It's really, honestly, it's fine, but it's like... Nothing I really care about. I think it does it introduce... Yeah, I think it actually does the best job of, of uh, handling the Silurians uh, in the mo modern series 
so far, but um, that doesn't say a lot because basically they took they took it's the same actress by the way that played the the fem- main female Silurian in this uh, story. Is it supposed to be the same character? No, it's not. But they so they've done they this said, like every character. Yeah, they, it's been like the same actor, but it's not the same well, they, character. They said, I get confused they said with it's that. The same DNA uh, strain or something like that. The same. Uh, Source base code or something. I don't know something like that, and so a lot of the a lot of the females will look just like her, and she's the one that became becomes Madame Bastra, and I think you know her her character is more interesting than this whole you know two parter, but this whole two parter actually gives the Silurians a reason for having existed you know in the show. Right. The the and the that's fine. That is fine. probably. I don't know. This is the classic series had had some Silurian stuff in it. Uh, I think this is probably a little bit better than that, though. The, they I don't they think were kind it of needed. In the classic this is one of the moments where I don't think it really needed a two-parter. Yeah, I would say that's probably, yeah, it'd probably be better with the one-parter. Um, it's uh, fine to introduce Silurians. About this episode, though, it's written by Chris Pippen. Yeah, I did notice that. Um, and it's an okay episode, once again. I think a lot of his episodes are, like, okay, you know? Um, uh, Alright, so... This episode... I'm trying to decide on what I would rate it. Probably around six, probably. Yeah. Just as, in general. Um... One might I be better like than the, the other. I, I don't know. I, the moment that I like most is is when Amy and Rory Rory see, dies. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say when Amy and Rory see themselves in the in the future, and then yeah, when Rory dies at the end, those those are pretty oh. important moments for the episode. Is is this? And is this the uh, the, piece the time when? Up. Yes, that that was important too. So there's actually um, quite a, a a lot in there that's. That ends up being important, but it's not related to the main story of the episode. <laughs> so when it came to that shard, he said that he figured out that it's an explosion in time through all time, right? Mm-hmm. And then he just basically said, "Hey, you know, with explosions, there's usually shrapnel." So he sticks his hand in it, right? Which okay, and then he pulls first out of all, how do you shrapnel. do this without becoming, uh, you know, non-existent? Right. <laughs> That's as soon as concerning he, Rory, the, he said, you know, get away from Rory because it's gonna swallow him. Yep. And as soon as and the, then, as soon as those soldiers walked, you know, within a few feet of the crack, they were gone from existence. Of course, the crack was a little bit bigger, maybe, in that one, but still. Um. Yeah, that's the best part of the episode. Yeah. So I would say that the second part's probably better than the first, but still, as general and average, I'd still probably say the two bars rated six. Yeah. You know, um, that was a good point though. And how many times does Rory like die in the? Oh, series? so many. He he died in Amy's Choice as well, uh, mm-hmm. and technically he he died t- twice in that because they blew up Tardis. I I, yep. I was keeping account at one point. I think both Amy and Rory ended up dying like like four or five times at least or maybe Rory's I think probably one or two more times than Amy as well yeah so that's good <laughs> uh, 
Episode 10 is called... Yeah. It's called Vincent and the Doctor. This is... One of the best. One of the best episodes in general. A lot of people like the end of this episode. Because they... Think that it's heartwarming and probably one of the most heartwarming parts they've ever seen in Doctor Who, period. Um, this one centers on Vincent Van Gogh. I don't know if you call him Gogh or Go or I believe when I looked up, how would he pronounce it in his own uh, accent? I believe it was something like Van Gogh. Hoch. Van Hoch. So technically. Because it's French. There. Technically, theirs is wrong, and ours is wrong as well, so either way you want to say it. Had um, Bill Nye? Yes, Nike? yes. Uh, uh, what's his name? The the dude from Pirates? <laughs> well, he's in a million things. I know, but that's what I, I, that's what I think of him from the uh, uh, Davy, <laughs> Jones. He, Davy Jones. He, uh, and people always make note of him looking like Matt Smith, but just older because yeah, he's, that's what I thought. Okay, he's got like the same hair, and he's got the bow tie, and suspenders, little, and everything. There's a little possible theory here. You know, at the end of Day of the Doctor, you see Tom Baker come back as a museum curator. Yeah. Perhaps this is uh, David Tennant coming back as another museum curator. <laughs> So Maybe in the end of time, <laughs> the doctor gets resurrected as a bunch of museum curators and as older forms of his previous regenerations. <laughs> you can trust me. I'm the curator. <laughs> or maybe when he regenerates, that older self doesn't actually die. He just sort of maybe uh, comes to life as, as a human some other place. Yeah. So, uh, Van Gogh is seen as an insane person in his time period, um, so does, and misunderstood, he, he, basically. Does he have depression, or is he, like, uh, bipolar? I couldn't tell. I think he's bipolar, yeah. but I don't know. Um, but I think they did a pretty good job with that, with that aspect of his character. I think he was yeah. probably both. He's probably depressed and bipolar. Yeah. They did, I think they did a pretty good job with that, um, and the actor who played him was pretty much perfect, you know, for the character. Yeah, he looked pretty much just like him. Yeah. And they brought him, at the end they brought him to modern time to see how much of an impact he made even to, you know, modern day, uh, and if how they famous let him he'd be. See, well, this is this is goes against everything the doctor stands yes, for. Yes, yes, it does. But <laughs> they let him see that he's uh, one of the most popular uh, artists yeah. ever. And he said this changes everything and blah de blah de blah. But he ends up taking his own life anyways. I don't think it's because it's a fixed time. I think it's probably because of that bipolar. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like it's it's great, it's great, it's great until it's not anymore. Yeah, it's um, like like that's one of his good moments, but it doesn't necessarily get rid of the bad moments. That's what they just said. basically added to the good moments, right? Yeah. Um, and then his last painting um, that was never put on public was of the TARDIS blowing up. That's not in this episode. That's in the finale. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. because they brought him back. Yeah, they brought they. That was another moment uh, that was in the beginning of the finale. Uh, I forgot that they. The reason why I say this is because I saw most of the season in, like, one day. I don't know if you've ever, like, 
like read a book like in one sitting, yeah. uh, but it feels a lot different than you would normally read a book. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely the same... know that from my YouTube work. Like the same thing is true with video games. You tend to uh, you tend to play them in you know over a week or two, you know, s- spreading it out, you know, an hour here, an hour there. But on my YouTube channel, I edit you know entire stories of video games in one movie. And the idea is that you can watch them all, you know, at, in one sitting, one sitting. Usually, if it's sometimes not too long, but um, <laughs> and it's different. Yeah, it makes it it makes a completely different experience because everything is fresh in your mind, and it feels more like a single story than like a story. Than a and this was like the perfect season for that as well. Exactly. Yeah. So I and I saw most of this in like one sitting. I think honestly, I did that too. When I watched this series. I watched the entire. I watched like six uh, six seasons in. At, uh, of Doctor Who plus all the spin-offs uh, in one month, so I pretty much watch entire seasons in one or two days usually. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I watch most of it this time, obviously a couple things blended together, um, especially when they bring back well, everybody old favorites. Remember, I think at the everybody end. kind of misremembers that TARDIS painting as being part of the Vincent and the Doctor episode, even though it wasn't, but. Especially because they keep hinting at the tires exploding anyways right. throughout the... Yeah. So that was a pretty good episode. I honestly... I would probably give it 9, only because I really didn't care for the the monster part of it. Okay. That To me, I think that was completely unnecessary. This was like a complete, like, grounded human... Yeah. Um, thing that they could have played off of. It didn't actually need an alien yeah, I monster. Would agree. I don't think the monster was necessary. Although the the the, I think there was some interesting parts of the monster, like like uh, the fact that it was was it deaf or no? It was uh, it was blind, right? Hmm. And that yep. and that Van Gogh ended up killing the monster accidentally. Uh, and then some of the cool effects they had, like where 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 he was, where how you could see how uh, Van Gogh sees things. That and what I also meant, like with the monster, like when uh, he stabs it and he's like floating up in the sky and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some of that stuff was cool, but uh, so I, I don't think the monster was necessary either. Uh, but for me, I do think it is kind of a ten out of ten for me. You think it's ten? I I was thinking about that. I was like, this is probably a ten out of ten, but. Because that monster really is unnecessary for me, I have to give it probably a nine. So. My goodness. Alright, so the next episode is one of my favorites yeah. just because it has Mr. Craig, James, James Corden. Corden. Yep. Uh, this is way before James Corden had his own talk show. Um, but, and this is the first time I ever saw him. Yeah. Uh, and he. he, he Immediately became one of my favorite side characters, just random side characters in Doctor Who. I think, Who. I think that's does... true of everybody, and that's why they brought him back. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, he yeah, it brings him back. I don't even remember what season that was. That's the was next, that the season. next season. This is the uh, second to last story of the season. Next season, the same exact thing. Second to last story of the season. It's another Craig episode. Gotcha, Craig. <laughs> um, yes. Basically, uh, Matt Smith doesn't have his TARDIS. Apparently, uh, it he, says in here James Corden was a, a close friend of Matt Smith in real life. So, really. So I guess that's that's, that's probably why he was on there. Um, 
So the doctor loses his TARDIS, Amy's on the TARDIS, and he has to figure out a way to get it back. And then he gets his adventure on the ground with Craig uh, as his lodger. That's why this episode's called The Lodger. Um, it did remind me of, I don't know why, but you know the episode, um, I'm coming to hurt you, you know that one? Really? It reminded me of that because of the voice coming from above the stairs. Hmm. Like, I remember that, like, almost the exact image. But it's when the voice is coming out of the uh, speaker that's saying, can you help me? I mean, that goes back to, are you my mommy, too? Like, it's like a couple of things that remind me of past episodes. Hmm. Um, the threat's okay. Uh, something interesting about that, I don't know if you noticed, when they went upstairs and it was a spaceship up there, did you did you recognize the spaceship? No. It's the same exact kind of ship that the Silence have in the beginning of Season 6. Really? Yeah. You'll notice that when you watch those. I don't know if you've watched those. Is yet. it a, is it a, it's not a Silence ship, is it? That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's a Silence ship. Uh, I believe it, the ship was, uh, trying to, it was, it was... Just like the computer of the ship was was the enemy, basically, right? Right. So I think it may have been an abandoned silence ship. This is another episode with a perception. Yeah, Um, which makes sense uh, for the silence. And the the vampire episode, that was a perception filter episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyways, uh, the the threat of the episode's okay. It's not amazing. This episode's more along the lines of the, the characters with James Corden. And his Sophie. Dog. And his Sophie. <laughs> Sophie, I, I didn't care that I watched the show, uh, but she's also British American show episodes. Oh, okay. Um, so she's in that. She has a funny character, and uh, in this, she's just kind of normal. Um, but good episode. I don't know. I'd probably give it eight. Yeah, same. Eight's probably right. There. I wish it was more, just because the 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 villain. But you know, James Corden. It's 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 memorable regardless. Right. Um, okay, so the last two episodes, I'd probably give it 10. Yeah, easy, easy 10s. Easy 10s. One of my, probably, ten. well, one of my favorite finales. I do really like season four finale too, but but this is also so really seen, good. You know, we've seen Doctors, because of the episode where the, uh, in general, they had, like, every single one of them there. And uh, it also takes place and shot at Stonehenge. <laughs> Was it actually shot there? I was wondering if they would let. It definitely them. looked like it was shot at Stonehenge. Yeah. It looked like it um, did, but uh, you know you can re- recreate were, that, so I wasn't yeah, sure. I think there are other things where they recreated it, especially putting stone and all that. Yeah. Um, this is one of those episodes that was this written by Stephen Moffat. Of course, he always writes the finales yeah, and I, the I thought so. Um, you know, people complain a lot about Stephen Moffat, especially for. Um, screwing up, you know, classic facts. Uh, just just having for me, there. for me, he's uh, aside from season five, um, he always has the problem of being really good at writing individual episodes, but not very good at running the show as a whole. Like, uh, story arcs are kind of weak. Um, season five is easily the best of that. Um, season six has a decent, um, setup for a story arc, but it doesn't go much into it from my memory, at least not for half the season. Um, season seven is, is barely there for a season arc. I I see, I see him as, I see him as a very good storyteller, 
in general. Yeah, he's very good storyteller. He might. He's a good miss, writer, but I don't know if he's a good showrunner. He might miss points here and there that are probably better if he probably worked more with the team. Uh, but in general, he's a good storyteller. Just, um, and that's pretty much been obvious to me ever since he took over. A lot, uh, a lot of the problem I think stems from the the change that he made, like about halfway through season six. He said he started saying. I'm not going to make any more two-parters. Everything's going to basically and and he's he also seemed to shy away from the idea of a serialized uh, uh, version of the show and mo- make it more procedural. So each episode, starting that starting about halfway through stupid. season six, each episode basically stands on its own. Uh, that was stupid. And that that carried on through season seven and eight, um, and then finally in season nine he got a. a, a Slap in the face or something because he he did pretty much two parts for everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 when he changed at least one of the seasons, it was like oh, I think season seven. Probably. Season seven is like, the weakest, I think. Well, a lot of people say season ten is actually pretty weak too, but I think it was better than season seven. Season seven, I think the first uh, I the first uh, arc of the the, the Amy stuff, the Amy and Rory stuff, of season seven is pretty solid actually, and so it's the Christmas special. But other than that. Uh, it's. Uh, I think basically they were focused too much on the 50th anniversary and did, didn't pay too much attention yeah. to the rest of the episodes. So that's what we have to. Look at. Um, <laughs> but the <laughs> Pandorica opus and uh, what's the second one? Uh, Big, Bang? Big Bang. Yeah. This is a pretty good. Easily, um, I would say easily in my in my top five these two episodes. Just in general. Um, yeah, it's well written. It's hard to understand what's half the finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the Muffet episode. Right. Um, or Storyline, where it's just like, oh my gosh, what's happening? They thought it out. Okay, mm-hmm. basically. Um, it's just a really cohesive season, I think. And this, and having a good finale like this that wraps everything up together, it just, it just makes it so much better of a season in general. Now, the way that they explain the TARDIS exploding and how it had just enough time to restart the universe and everything, a.k.a. the Big Bang, um, and bringing back the Doctor. That was a little little goofy. Well, they <laughs> like, set it up like, in the beginning of uh, the Pandora Opens where they said, uh, if something can be remembered, it can come back, right? Yeah. And he also says, you know, that... It was one of those moments in a finale, once again, where people spoke of the doctor's existence and he got some kind of supernatural ability to well it's the same it's basically the memory of the i guess it would be the subconscious memory of of rory brought rory back as a roman but as but brought him back and then supposedly the subconscious memory of the doctor that he implanted in her as a child brought him back as well it's the same idea and how this explains uh, quite a bit about how Rory's back. How uh, how some of those how 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 does Amy not remember uh, the Daleks because the universe is kind of well. In one hand, you could say it's because the cracks have been maybe erasing it, but it could also be because the universe was rebooted. But I don't know how that eventually works back to the previous episodes or not. And how it's so silly to call Amy the girl who waited when Rory's really the guy who waited. Uh, Way more. 
2000 Way years. More. Way more. Uh, there's something um, very similar with uh, Captain Jack's timeline as well, by the way, in Torchwood. So. Yeah. Um, a lot of things happen in this episode. It's kind of hard. It, basically, we need a podcast all for this two-parter all on its own. Basically, we po- we weren't of- podcasting back then, though. No. I was going to say, um, did we make one? <laughs> no. Uh, we might have been for season six, though. I'm not sure. Season six or season seven? I don't know. I don't know um, started. It, it might have been season six. I don't know. I'll actually check right now. Um, but it's it, it, there's a lot of stuff well, that basically Well, it's called Smaller on the Outside. That'd be season seven, then. Maybe. Yeah. Muller on the outside is a line from The Snowmen, which is in season seven. Okay. Then you're probably right about that. But I'm still going to check. We may have started on season eight then. <laughs> I don't know. It would be either seven or eight. Let's see. On season one of Smaller on the Outside, we started with. The Bells of St. John, so that's 7.5. Yeah, that'd be 7.5, yeah. We skipped over the good stuff. (laughs) And that's what we saw the good stuff. We're like, we should podcast about this. Um, So, we're almost getting up to the point where we started podcasting in the first place. But we still didn't talk about the season as a whole, so... Right. Whatever. Um... And that was season five, or, yeah, five. Um, first scene, uh, Matt Smith and and his quirkiness, quirkiness. Um, pretty good. Because it, it's hard to say now, because when I watch it back, then I really remember loving Matt, uh, uh, not Matt Smith, David Tennant. I gotta say... You know, Matt Smith has his own, like, likability. Yeah, once you're and once you're used to him and you go back and rewatch, even that first episode is solid. It's actually, that's a, lot a, of, that's a long episode, too. It's 65 minutes, the first one. Yeah, a lot of people consider Matt Smith their favorite. Yeah, they do. And I, I can kind I of understand that now. Probably people that started with Matt Smith, because that's it's going to be a lot of Americans, because I believe... Uh, Doctor Who didn't really get popular in America until Matt Smith was the Doctor, so. I mean, I went from thinking he was just too weird looking, he acted too weird, he spoke too weird. His fingers and he just, You know, <laughs> all this stuff was just too weird and too different from David Tennant, and it really set me off. When I was watching this time, I thought... He's just weird enough. He talks just weird enough. He acts just weird enough. He is just weird enough in order to be this alien time lord who calls himself the Doctor who travels through space and time like he's perfect for the role. Right. So it went from like two complete opposite viewpoints. I mean, I eventually did warm up to him, but this was like after I've already done that and it's like pretty good from the get-go. Yeah. Um, so that was episode, uh, episode <laughs> season five. Uh, pretty good. What's the next podcast that we're going to do? Uh, let's What's see. That? that would. Oh, let's close it. Um, <laughs> that would be. 
October 21st, so about three weeks. Three weeks from today. From yesterday. And you know what? It kind of sucks that we didn't do our podcast yesterday because yesterday, I believe, was International Podcast Day. Yesterday was International Podcast Day? I believe so. I thought it was International Coffee Day. That too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so drink coffee while you podcast day. Our season six podcast should be on October 21st. And then season seven is October 28th, so just a week after that. That's just weird. Oh, no, we're doing season seven part one, then part two. That's right. Oh, we're doing. Okay, so we're just going to do the first part. Uh, I would say uh, probably up to the snowmen for the first part. Yeah. So the 21st is season six. Yes. The 28th is 7.0. It's the first part part. of season seven. And then after that. Uh, I do have um, I do have season seven part two and the fiftieth anniversary together right now. Um, oh, I thought we had. Oh, could, we do have podcast. Might be able to see if that's even possible to split up or not. Um, we do have a podcast for the fiftieth anniversary. We could. Well, no, we couldn't really split it up uh, because the uh, time of the doctor is less than a week before that. So. No, we have to include season seven and uh, part two and fifth anniversary together. And that's okay because we do already have an individual podcast episode for fiftieth anniversary. Right. I do believe. Um. So, I guess that's it. Do you have anything else to add about season five? Uh, like I said, I think it's the best written. Uh, I, for me, I I I kind of go back and forth between season four and season five as what I think is my favorite season. Um, there's a lot of a lot of reasons to like four, but I think season five is the better produced, uh, better written, better. You're probably produced. as far as a whole, you're probably right. But there's a lot of episodes I like about season six. So really, I like I like the uh, overall setup of the arc. I don't think the execution is as anywhere near as good as season five is. Well, I mean, we'll see because this will be the second time viewing it for me. It'll be the third oh. time for me. Uh, maybe fourth. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Might be fourth. I don't know. I don't remember. I haven't started it yet. It'll be, it'll be at least my third time because I watched it. I rewatched it with mom when she was catching up. But I think I rewatched it with you, and then I rewatched it with mom, and so this will be my fourth. Fun time. <laughs> All right. Uh, so if you don't have anything else to add about season five after that point, I think for the most part, that's it for this episode. We'll see you again in three weeks. Three weeks. There's abouts anyways on the 21st. Um, and, uh, happy October. Uh, have fun and we'll see you guys then. Uh, remember to comment on us. Um, and you can find us for podcast. Peace out. Peace out.